May you attain full knowledge of God's will through perfect wisdom and spiritual insight. Then you will lead a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him in every way. You will multiply good works of every sort and grow in the knowledge of God. By the might of his glory, you will be endowed with the strength needed to stand fast, even to endure joyfully whatever may come. By the might of his glory, you will be endowed with the strength needed to stand fast, even to endure joyfully whatever may come. Our English translation of tonight's reading from St. Paul to the church at Colossae is rather fortunate for a homily, grammatically speaking. You see, in our grammatical wisdom, we don't stay true to the original structure of the Greek. Instead, we have cleaned it up, we've sorted it out, and the best part when reading it, as Christopher just did, is that we have punctuated it. So if we were to look back to Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 13 in its original Greek, we would find one of St. Paul's most power-packed and long run-on sentences. It's a prayer. And Paul is, of course, at this time in Rome, He's a prisoner in chains and is thus unable to travel to Colossae, a thousand miles east to help the Christians there. Yet he has heard of their plight, for the Colossians are living in a very dangerous world. False teachings have begun to spring up and destroy the faith which is producing much spiritual fruit for them in their lives. And so even though he really doesn't physically know any of them, St. Paul writes this letter to the community and he assures them of his prayers for them. It's actually cut out in Vespers, but it begins with, I have not stopped, I have not ceased praying for you. And so he prays that they might be endowed with the strength needed to stand fast in their faith and to endure joyfully whatever may come their way. Now, while all of these words from Paul are quite nice, Perhaps one of my favorite parts of this passage isn't actually anything that St. Paul says. My favorite part of this passage on prayer is not found in a single word on the page, but it's found in the punctuation. Grammarly.com identifies the comma as perhaps the most abused and misused punctuation mark in the English language. I'm guilty of it except for the Oxford comma. Always use the Oxford comma if you want to go to heaven. You can quote me on that. But anyway, there's, there's lots of rules about comma usage, and often the factors that determine whether or not you should use one are quite subtle. They're hard to see, hard to know. And so what is a comma? Again, Grammarly.com. I'm in school, so that's where I reference things. It says a sentence, while a period ends in a sentence, A comma indicates a smaller break. Some writers think of a comma as a soft pause, a punctuation mark that separates words, clauses, or ideas within a sentence. Now, isn't that fascinating? A comma can be thought of as a soft pause. While COVID-19 has slowed things down a bit, 
Our lives at times can become just like Paul's long run-on sentences, his long run-on prayers, and we can rush through our days unaware of the graces, the wisdom, the rest that we could be experiencing. Our lives are busy. We have work, family, girlfriends, boyfriends, sick dogs, sick kids, no money, no honey. Got to eat, got to run, got to sleep, got to do this, got to do that. And so at the end of our days, we end up worn out, tired on the couch or in our beds fast asleep. Our days fly by us, and in a blink, they are gone. Like a run-on sentence, our lives can be in need of some simple punctuation. We need those soft pauses, that separation between ideas and activities. We need rest. And so a few weeks ago at Mass, we heard Christ say in the Gospel, Come to me, you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. In our busyness of life, though, we don't always choose to come to him. Instead, we ask him. We beg him. We plead with him to give us this, give us that, heal them, save them, do, do, do. We speak. We intercede. We pray. But our prayers can risk becoming one-sided. And so we need that comma. Our lives need that comma. We need that soft pause, that moment of rest to be able to listen to sit, to kneel, to pray, to be with the one who loves us, and to be filled with the strength to stand fast and endure joyfully whatever may come. This evening, we've prayed together. We've embraced the comma. We've adored the Eucharist. We've had our sins washed away in the sacrament of mercy. My friends, don't allow tonight to become the only Eucharistic comma that you will experience. Make time every day, every week, every month for a Eucharistic comma. It doesn't have to be a whole hour, 15, 20, 30 minutes on the way home from work. Come to Mass early, stay late. Come and make time to be filled with the strength that you need to endure the trials of life so that you can be filled with his joy. And so like the rules of proper comma usage, if we want to be able to hear the voice of the Lord as he speaks to us in our lives, we have to pay attention to those subtle ways in which he speaks to us. Not in complex sentence structures, but in the silence of a quiet church. The dark stillness of an early caffeinated morning with our Bibles the loving and stern correction we receive from a friend who loves us. And so I wonder, I wonder what our lives would look like if we approach the sacrament of mercy a little bit more. I wonder what our lives would look like if we turned to the scriptures instead of turning on Netflix. I wonder what would happen, how our church, how our diocese, how our world would change if we all took a soft pause, once a day, once a week, for a Eucharistic comma.